Pokemon is an undeniable obsession with children across the country. So what exactly is a Pokemon? Cute, cuddly characters who become supercharged so they can fight their enemies. It's a Japanese term short for pocket monster. Pokemon are incredible creatures that share the world with humans. It began as a video game from Japan and has become an international phenomenon in the form of books, music, videos, a TV show, and trading cards in the hands of school kids all over the world. Well, Pokemon has swept the world. Little, reclusive, power-filled monsters. Characters named Pikachu, Mankey, and Snorlax. School officials are finding that Pokemon cards are responsible for fistfights. And the Pokemon is creating a monster of a commotion for American kids. They get into fights, but no one dies. Parents should not let their kids watch Pokemon, play Pokemon, Hey, everybody. Pokemon it is video games. The movie, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Max Knightley, and my aura today is a cool blue. Uh, I'm Dan, and amber is the color of my energy. Uh, uh, this week, I believe we are doing the Pokemon movie Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, there... I guess, for preamble, uh, there is one little bit, or very large bit, of news for video game movies, which is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has revealed Hell that, yes. that the voice of Knuckles will be played by Idris Elba. I'm very excited. I, I'm, very, I'm very curious what it'll sound like. Like, I was talking about this on the Sonic Shuffle... Like, is he going to do, like, an American accent, a British accent, something all t- different altogether? Uh, I, I also, I know one little thing that may or may not be an influence on this, which is that about a year ago, Idris Elba was slated to, well, maybe two years, but anyways, Idris Elba was slated to perform in a uh, a sort of like mocap CG animated film based on the Mouse Guard series of graphic novels. And like I'm thinking, well, maybe because that got cancelled on account of 20th Century Fox being purchased by Disney and them not wanting a movie about Mouse with Swords, uh, maybe he's just trying to like explore more voice acting stuff? Um, mm-hmm. Um, let's see, other than that, uh, there's been, I guess we can just talk about how, how we're doing. How's your, how's your month been? It's been really hot and kind of slow, Mm. but been playing a fuck ton of The World Ends With You Neo, so that's pretty good. Oh yeah, I saw that. Uh... I've been playing a couple different games. Uh, I've been playing... I played a bit of Button City, which is this neat little uh, adventure game. A lot of cute, adorable uh, cartoon animals in it. Uh, very fun dialogue. There's uh, the Matanui online uh, game, which I have played for the first time to completion in 20 years. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, How's it hold up? Honestly, it's... I mean... They... Eh, Donkey Kong stuck. It's pretty decent, alright. I made sure to get the version that didn't have the cultural appropriation names in it. Uh, but, and I had a good time. I mean, it's a little janky, like I had to skip, I had to use the chapter thing to skip past, uh, this one chapter that had, like, uh, a weird mini game where you control Pohatu and have to have him kick around a soccer ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, because, I don't know, maybe the keyboard controls weren't were in there, but they're not there anymore. I don't know what the deal was. But other than that, it's honestly a pretty solid, fun game. It's got really cool atmosphere. It's decent story. Uh, and all things considered, for a Flash game made in 2001, there is a lot of nice style to it. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, I also... I also played uh, Metopia. It was a birthday present from my friend Audrey. Uh, that one's pretty neat. You get like knees, and and it has a makeup system that completely revolutionizes how you can make a me. Uh, and last but not least, of course, I've been playing Psychonauts too. I need to get around to it. I just only have room enough in my heart for one game about. Psychic powers at a time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's really good. Like, I think like Psychonauts, Psychonauts one had like a lot of style, a lot of fun writing, but I think it lacked in like the actual gameplay department. Psychonauts two heavily improves on it. Like, like I love like going around collecting stuff. I love uh, the combat. The combat's a little tricky if. Well, after, like, the tutorial level, it gets, like, real hard, but once you get the feel of it, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, uh, there, weird question. Did you or anyone you know donate to the Kickstarter? Because I found this thing that's in the game where it's just, like, a huge list of, like, uh, brains that are all, like, Kickstarter backers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I didn't at the time, truth be told, at the time I was pretty down on, on Double Fine and didn't think they'd actually be able to make it, but lo and behold. Yeah, there, there, there were a few games that, uh, did not quite get completed. No, absolutely not. But I'm, I'm glad that this one sounds like it's something of a return to form and mm. everybody seems to be pretty happy with it. Yeah. Uh... Let's see. I think that's about it for gaming and about it for news. So let's get into this movie. A uh, little bit of background. Uh, this is one. This is the eighth Pokemon movie. So I did some looking around, and every year since 1999, with the exception of I think 2010, there has been a Pokemon movie every year. Most of them are animated. Mo most of them are based off the anime, although mm. that's changed over the last few years. Because, like, I think at around 2017, they started this new continuity for the movies. Uh, and it's going through that story. I think it's based on the current anime. I'm not sure. 
And also in and also in 2019 there was Detective Pikachu, and in 2020 there was that shot-for-shot shot remake of Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, let's see, this one in particular was actually the last one that Four Kids did a dub of. Uh, someone brought it up in the Discord, and I just was curious. Uh, did you decide to watch the dubbed version or the sub version? Uh, dubbed version. Of course. Because that, w- that was what was on YouTube for $2. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I also went with the dubbed version, but mostly out of preference. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, because I said, I was curious because it, it is the last, uh, it is the last one done by four kids. Like, after this, everything, like, has different voice actors and different, uh, uh, like, I, I remember looking into this years ago, like, some of them stayed on, but were given different roles, or something like that. Uh, uh, but, anyways, uh, uh, I think that's the core stuff. Oh, I guess there's one other thing. I think this got, like, a direct-to-video release in the U.S., and in Japan saw a theatrical release. It was actually the, uh, second most successful domestic release in Japan behind Howl's Moving Castle that year. Uh. Uh, so. Of course, it's based on the anime. And we get. We open with, uh, the narrator talking about how great Pokemon are. And how cool. Just- this intro is so weird. Yeah. Can we t- like, it sounds like somebody explaining Pokemon to you if you've never heard of them before. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure somebody out there, maybe like a very small child, watched this and didn't know what they were before this. Uh, and I'll tell you what, they didn't know what they were after this, because this <laughs> is not a Pokemon movie. Oh. This this is a Final Fantasy OVA that happens to have Pokemon in it. You know? You know, that feels right. It's, uh... It is very... Very different from the sort of thing that Pokemon is usually associated with. For instance, right after this explanation on Pokemon, uh, we get a ancient past fantasy war uh, between two armies... Of humans and Pokemon. One's in red, one's in green. The whole thing has like this- Oh! Like Gen 1! Oh my fucking god, I didn't realize that until that- in Japan it was red and green versions! Okay. Oh my fucking god. Holy shit. Fuck. Okay. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. This, this movie's good now. I need to revise all my notes. <laughs> Hmm. I have a soft, soft spot for this movie. Uh, so, these, these armies are at war, and this kingdom, which I think might just be this whole valley area, is under threat. The, the war is gonna destroy the whole kingdom. And, mm-hmm. in order to stop it, we've got Lucario, and Sir Aaron, who is voiced by Jason Griffith, one of the voices of Sonic. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, so Lucario's, uh, doing some Naruto running. 
Throughout this entire film, his, like, default run cycle is just a Naruto run. It's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, he's, like, using his aura powers to find the armies. Uh, the important thing is, like, while he's running to do whatever, maybe fight or something, uh, Sir Aaron, his, like, mentor figure, stops him. And he throws a staff on the ground, and the staff absorbs Lucario like a Pokeball would. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, yeah, we, we like, uh, let's see, I'm trying to figure out what else happens here. Um, the I think that's when it just, like, switches over to the fairy tale. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, it... wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Because first it goes to the world tree, which mm -hmm. is in this. The tree of beginning. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not actually a tree. It's a, st a rock formation, but also it's kind of alive. Yeah. It's weird. Um, the pigeon that uh, Aaron was riding retrieves his staff, returns it to the queen... Uh, and then a bunch of laser, a bunch of crystals just start spewing green lasers into the air. Yeah. Uh, and then a wave of green energy washes over the land, and uh, anger and hatred are changed into understanding and hope because, I guess, Mew just brainwashed everybody and said stop fighting. Yeah. Uh... Which, yeah, I guess it's better than a devastating war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone said, let's stop and stop the war. It's fine. Um, but yeah, at this point it transitions into like this fairy tale and like it's a, uh, it's in the present. This woman is telling her child about this. Uh, uh, and like Sir Aaron is like this legendary figure in the present time. Uh, and we get uh, a title sequence, which is this CG staff flying around. And we see, like, these, like, flashes of technology over the centuries. Yeah, it's a strange choice. Mm -hmm. Also, I recognize the font used for the title, but I don't know where from. Mm-hmm. It's like this relatively widespread fantasy-ish font. Yeah. Uh, and then we sort of... We, we have a bit where we're introduced to the kingdom in question in the modern day. They're holding a festival in honor of Sir Aaron. Uh, Ash and his friends are here to try and win a tournament. How much time does this movie spend on the tournament, by the way? I don't know, like... Five minutes? It's it's all just done during the opening credits to this, like, unmemorable butt rock. Here's the weird thing about this movie. And, like, coming off of Street Fighter, I know I complained a lot about that movie not having enough action in it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we're just on a downward slope, you know? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the action in that movie was bad, but it was still action... Mm -hmm. I almost nothing happens in this movie. It's just people like going places and then being like, "Oh, we shouldn't go that place. Let's go a slightly different place." Right. 
Um, there is a cute scene here, though, early on, where um, Ash and his friends are, like, getting little costumes together. Uh, and they also dress up Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Pikachu's getting dressed up, there's also this uh, weird shape-shifting Pokemon that's throughout the film. Like, first it's, uh, I don't know. I, at first, it's like a Spiral. I don't know the name of this a one. A Talo, I think. Talo, yes. Then it becomes a Trico. Later on, it's uh, something else. Like this is Mew, and it's yeah. just kind. It's just kind of dicking around. Yeah. Mew- hey, I have, I have a question for you, Dan. Mm-hmm. What's the mystery of Mew? Hmm. What is the, the movie is named after it, so I feel like we should be able to say what the mystery of Mew is. Uh, I think the mystery is why. I guess the mystery is why is the mountain so fucking weird. Uh, it's not really a mystery, I guess. Uh. I guess they just needed to find something to put put in there to tell you that Mew's in this movie. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh. So, so yeah, we get, like, this whole tournament just in an opening credits montage sequence. Ash wins. Uh, He's declared the year's aura guardian. The runner-up kid removes her helmet, and, oh, she's a woman. Yeah. And it's like, that would probably be something... That would, uh, it would result in some kind of response from me if she wasn't literally just introduced. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's not even like the action sequence even really, like, focuses her on her, like, during that. It's mostly just Pikachu and Weevil fighting, along with a bunch of other Pokemon. Uh, The whole pacing of this movie is just really weird it feels like they wanted to do like five different movies and they couldn't decide so they're just like let's kind of do all of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh let's see uh so uh ash gets the uh the staff and when he holds it he senses a voice speaking to him asking why did you betray me? And then we get some ballroom dancing. Uh, everyone's dancing. Oh, Team Rocket's here. Forgot to mention that. They're, they're here to steal Pokemon. Just their sort of general MO. But they never, they never really get around to it. They just no. end up kind of hanging out. No, they're, they just happen to be on here. They just came along for the ride. Uh, let's see. While... Ash and May just, like, let loose a bunch of their Pokemon in the dance hall, which nobody else is doing, so it yeah. does seem a little irresponsible. It is. Uh, and then Mew, who's now in Apom, is just like, hey, you want to go hang out? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, and they just... So they just go. Yeah, they hang out uh, in this uh, attic area. Uh, while this is going... Uh... Uh, we see Kid again, uh, and it turns out Kid has a secret agenda. Uh, she's here to capture a Mew. 
this is this happens pretty fast. Um, it happens fast, like it happens fast, but we don't actually know why she wants to catch Mew until like fifteen minutes later. And also, it feels like they're setting her up as being like part of this organization doing mm-hmm. like this elaborate heist yeah, or whatever. Like there's this but very it, specific emblem. But then it turns out she's just no, she's just like here and she knows a guy with a computer. Yeah. Yeah, his name's like Banks. He's just sort of like mission control. He exposits when He it, does graffiti. Mm-hmm. It's it's really incisive and yeah. speaks to uh, a lot of the a lot of the issues with our society. Yeah, yeah. There's it. like there's like a Pikachu, but it's like, it's uh, it's got a gun. And it's... There's a dust skull in a go kart that's rotating. <laughs> the song "Staying Alive." Mm-hmm. Uh, the... <laughs> there he has a. Is Banksy still around? What's Banksy doing? I swear I heard of him doing something. Like there was something recently where he was like, we're like there was some issue where. Other actual punk graffiti artists were, like, vandalizing his work. Uh, which, props to them. Uh, yeah, get his ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, not not a whole lot going around, along, around with that guy. Uh, I guess he was doing some stuff two weeks ago in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh... So, we get some Pokemon playing. Uh, uh, Meowth has accidentally landed in this situation. Uh, and Kit sends, like, her two uh, Weevil out to attach a tracker to Mew. I don't think anything comes of this. They just sort of get into Nothing a fight. Nothing comes of this. Yeah, they, they get into a fight. Pikachu is, like, zapping them, mm-hmm. and they're shooting ice. Yeah. And then there's this insane bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, Mew can shapeshift. This has been established. And at one point, Mew shapeshifts into Meowth. And she does this, it does this little dance with Meowth that spins him around. And it seems like, it's, oh, they're going to they're gonna do a switcheroo. They're going to capture Meowth by accident. And then Mew is going to be hanging out. You... But then she just turns back into Mew. Yeah. There is, like, a Mandela effect sort of thing going in my brain where I think, oh, the Mew must have turns into Pikachu, and, like, Ash accidentally gets that one instead of actual Pikachu. But no, that's not what happens. Uh, like... They don't really... Why Why did they put this... In... There's just so many things in this movie that are nothing. Yeah, like the part where... The Weevils do a weird, uh, Shiva dance. Uh, They're on some Ginyu Force shit. Mm-hmm. The, and that part's actually kind of good, and I want them to lean into that more. But after this scene, Kid's not an antagonist anymore, and the Weavile don't really show up again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I- Mew ends up, like, fucking off to the tree of beginning with Meowth and Pikachu, yeah, and now that I'm that, thinking about just... it, you'd think, like, maybe, like, in the third act, like, oh, wait, I know this. This happens in another Pokemon thing. There's, like, a super power, a super cool lady who joins the crew, but, like, betrays them in, like, 
the second or third act. But no, mm-hmm. Kit Kit's just Kit's fine. She's just hanging out. Yeah, it's kind of a hangout movie. Uh, so, uh, anyways, uh, Ash has the staff. Uh, oh wait, I forgot. So this whole like bit with the weevils ends with like you turning into a Pidgeot and like taking Meowth and Pikachu off to like the big mountain, uh, mm-hmm. the tree of life, what have you. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, at the ballroom dancing, uh, Ash has his staff, uh, and Ash is told to pose like Sir Aaron does in the portrait. Uh, next to them. Uh, and the staff is getting mad at Ash. It's, like, getting really angry. And he fucking that... hates it when he poses like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it starts glowing. And out comes Lucario. Uh... And so, so, so here's something. Mm-hmm. Lucario has been like, oh, why did you betray me? I'm going to get your ass. And then he he's out of the staff. So what's going to happen next is he's going to still think that Ash is Sir Aaron, and there's going to be a whole, you know there's going to be a whole plot where he just keeps thinking that, and he's like fighting Ash, and Ash has to like connect with him and like explain that he's not Sir Aaron, and we really sort of delve into that. We really you know we get some some action, we get some character beats, we get literally any plot. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, we could do that, or we could just have Lucario be like, oh, wait, you're not the real Sir Aaron. Okay. Bye. Yeah, yeah he runs away. Uh, he's trying to get answers. And we get the first of many flashbacks. Uh, There's so many fucking flashbacks in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like... This movie is, like, 70% flashback and 30% establishing shot. Yeah, there are, like... There are two different variations on flashback in this. Uh, so, for this first flashback, Lucario is being taught how to use Aura by Sir Aaron. Uh, and... And, like, he takes him to this room that... I guess this is gonna be their living quarters... But, uh, now the room is, like, some sort of museum or display room. And, uh, Ash and the company, like, track down Lucario. Uh, uh, Lucario realizes that he's been trapped in a staff for centuries. Doesn't understand what's going on, but he quickly does. Very quickly does. Uh, and... From here, it's just, like, there's, like, this scene of, like, basically everyone informing everyone else of what happened. Uh, Lucario talks about, like, the war and how he's trying to process this stuff. Uh, Team Rocket is, like, watching in the background and, like, and, like, James is telling Jesse what's going on. Uh, Max comes by to, like, tell them about the whole Weevil fight because he he heard it, he came by, he tried to check it out, but like the Weevils had frozen the door, so he could only open but open it by a crack. Uh uh Kit shows up, explains 
her deal, well, without the catching you part, once again, mm -hmm. does not come up again for the rest of the movie. Speaking of weird plot threads that are picked up and dropped, there's, like, something very early on implying that, like, Lucario can't see and just uses auras to read stuff, but this is... It's like he opens his eyes. He, he's yeah. fine. He can see now. Yeah, it's it's fine. He just he just had some dirt in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, so we go up to. We get a quick aside where we see like, or no, that doesn't happen yet. Sorry. Uh, they're at, like. This uh, queen lady, Lady Eileen, uh, explains that, like, the Tree of Beginning isn't a tree, it's a big rock formation uh, named after the Tree of Beginning. Er, no, sorry, that came out wrong. Uh, their ancestors named it that because it looked like a tree. Uh, yep. Uh, and, like, Lucar, they sort of, like, collectively agree. Uh, Lucario, it, Ash needs to save Pikachu... Uh, Lucario can aura read, so he can track down you and figure out where they are. Uh, Lucario is gonna do it because, uh, Lady Eileen, his queen, wants it. Uh, and, like, Kit's coming along because, uh, she shows up in her usual getup, which is this sort of, like, I don't know, sports suit, I guess. Um, and, like, Brock recognizes her. She's been on TV. Uh, she's like this famous globetrotter. Uh, she's gone to like the oceans, space, uh, all sorts of places. So that's why she's coming here. Uh, also during like this bit where he's explaining it, there's this fun bit where like Mime Jr., who is here, is like imitating all his movements. It's, it's, it's a little gag. Mm hmm. Uh, and, uh, they, they decide they're gonna go on this trip tomorrow. And we get a, and then we see this scene where that night Lucario's like looking up at the portrait of Sir Aaron. Uh, Ash comes in to check on him. And I do enjoy this. Lucario does like this Arkham Asylum ass, like, leaping sneak attack. You can't sneak up on Lucario. Mm hmm. Uh, My favorite part of this scene is where he just goes full Shadow the Hedgehog, and he's like, "I don't have friends. I don't want friends." And it's like, "Wow, I, I bet that I bet that'll stay the same for the rest of the movie." Yeah, I, I bet I bet he won't change his mind on that once he understands the true value of friendship. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so, it's the next day. Uh, Lucario is running towards the mountains and the rest of the party is going in this or running along in like some sort of like Hummer or whatever. Uh, this car is fucking enormous. It's a big car. Uh, and like it can fit a lot of people including Team Rocket who are hiding in the trunk for some reason. Well, uh, you know, they want to find Meowth. Yeah, I guess. Uh, they want to find their funny buddy. Mm-hmm. I... I do like Meowth. Um, 
So we get like they eventually like make camp and like Brock whips up a meal mm-hmm. and then there's a wild bonsai and it steals some of the meal. Mm-hmm. And th- th- this is the part where I'm like, look, it is part of the Pokemon franchise. It is all going to come back to being this elaborate web of like one thing promoting another thing. Right. Promotes the first thing again to sell toys. But like, this this part kind of made me remember the Gen Four push was kind of weird. Yeah, this this like, like whole like, movie is a Gen Four push. Like, came out the like year you before. Have Lucario, mm-hmm. Lu- Lucario was a big part of it. But then also you just had like Bonsly and Munchlax. And somebody at Game Freak was like, we we gotta put Bonsly and Munchlax in as much things as possible because people are gonna love them. Mm-hmm. And I do love them. I don't want to imply I don't love them. I just don't, like, you never hear about them anymore. Yeah. Nobody talks about Bonsly. Nobody talks about Munchlax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows about Lucario, but, like, there's reasons for that. Um, Yeah. It's interesting that they kind of, like, treated him almost as a legendary for a while. Yeah. Like, it very much is not one. Yeah, like, this whole, this whole series, like, the Pokemon usually, movies are, part of their thing is to, like, show off the legendaries, which don't show up in the anime, usually. Uh, and I guess, now that I think about it, there isn't really any legendaries it's focused on besides the Reggies, but we'll get to the Reggies later. Uh, so, uh, Lucario's, like, Let's see what else. Uh, we get like some stuff where uh, Mew has got like Pikachu and Meowth with them. Uh, Meowth is like Meowth has got like this little Mew. No, wait, I remember now. So Mew has like this huge collection of toys. It's like acquired over the indeterminate number of years, uh, and like it, it mostly just wants wants someone to hang out with. Uh, there's also this bit where they, like, fall into a portal, and it's like... It's like this weird tube full of, like, balls. Uh, they look out on the landscape and stuff like that. Uh, the next scene is Lucario. He's out doing his Naruto run, uh, and they find a hot spring. And you know what? This, uh... This uh, search for our missing friends can wait a moment. Let's hang out at the hot spring. Uh, Bonsley's just part of the group now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scared of the hot spring because it's a rock type. Yeah. Rock types are weak to water, you see. Mm-hmm. You might not know that if this is the first time you've ever engaged with Pokemon media, which is nothing like this usually. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we should, we should mention that. Yeah. Uh, also... Ash, like, climbs a rock wall and picks a time flower. Yeah. These are great, because each one of them means you can get another flashback. Yeah. I I think the vibe of this movie, I know I said it was, like, a Final Fantasy OVA with Pokemon in it earlier, and I think specifically it's what you would get if you, like, took a game like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or, like, a Tales game 
and just carefully excised everything cool or interesting mm-hmm. so that you're just making a movie out of like tutorials and backstory right mm-hmm. and the the best part is if I remember this correctly, at roughly the 15-minute mark of the movie, over half its runtime, we have the flashback, which explains that the time flower causes flashbacks, and then Kid explains that the time flower lets you do flashbacks. Right. Uh, I'm so mystified. Speaking of flashbacks, Lucario gets another one. Uh, he thinks about... After, he gets another one after a flashback with Ash and Pikachu becoming friends. It's just... There's like five in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we get one where he and Sir Aaron soak their feet in a hot spring. How nice. Uh, we get one where... Uh... Uh... Yeah, tongue stuck. Uh... I'm trying to remember what happened here. I don't remember. Oh, Lucario doing some aura training. Uh, uh-huh. uh, we, then we get like this scene in the evening, and this is probably the only point where one of the few points I could genuinely describe as some form of conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, where like Lucario is talking about how he doesn't trust humans because Sir Aaron abandoned him and like, he comes up with this thing about where he believes that maybe Pikachu abandoned Ash because Pikachu doesn't like Ash. And Ash gets mad because he he doesn't want people saying friendship sucks. Uh, uh-huh. And he, he's like, maybe you deserted Sir Aaron and the Queen and Aaron was the one who was remaining loyal. And Lucario throws a little shit fit. Yeah. And then... This one, like... This one just feels like an unforced error. Uh, Max attempts to cheer up Lucario by giving him chocolate. Yeah. Bro, bro he's a dog. Yeah. You can't, you can't give him that. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. Don't think too hard about this one. Listen, I, I know he's like he's like a magic walking dog, but I, I think he's still a dog. I think, like, whatever caffeinoids are in there are gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh... Then we get this, like... I feel like unhinged is an exaggeration because, again, nothing's really happening. But we're back at, like, Mew's Forest Grove, mm-hmm. and Pikachu is missing Ash, obviously, but Meowth is just, like, chill with it. Like, oh, if I'm never going to see my friends again? Well, that's fine. I got this neat paddle ball. Mm-hmm. It, it... <laughs> the more I talk about this movie, the more I realize... What's wrong with it? Uh, don't get me wrong, I still kind of have a soft spot. I did enjoy it while I watched it. But wow, just thinking about this, there's... It's not It's not as good a movie as I assumed a month ago. Uh, so... Uh... Uh... Ugh, fuck, I lost my... My place. Um, Take your time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, next day, uh, there's some more traveling. 
and the uh they stop the car because this Lucario finds the place where he was trapped by Sir Aaron. And we get a time flower flashback where they get to watch Lucario get sealed away and he's scared. Uh they have to like tell him it's a it's only a flashback. Right right. So he, so here's the part where I really like lose my patience with this movie. I've already not been enjoying it much, but the specific sequence of events we flash back to is Aaron seals Lucario away, he gets on his pidget, and then he flies out, and then a huge fucking army barrels through the valley. Oh, right. That's what happens. Now, my reaction to this is, hey, maybe he sealed Lucario away so that he wouldn't get fucking murdered. Mm-hmm. But... Everyone here is like, shit, I guess he really did betray you. That sucks, bro. And it's like, are you paying any fucking attention? Mm -hmm. Are are you, like, watching this play out in front of you? What is going on here? Uh... Oh, and then Reggie Rock's here. Oh, yes, here we go. I fucking love the Reggies in this movie. Uh... I, I love them conceptually, but I don't get why they're here. I think they're just sort of like guardians for the big uh, tree crystal structure. But, I mean, mostly what I like about them is they, unlike, with, uh, unlike uh, how most Pokemon are in this movie, they generally, like, say their name. Or, in Lucario's case, talk with telepathy. The Regis make computer noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Ice says a digitized version of his name, but Reggie Rock, Reggie Seal, it's just like weird computer noises, and it's it's I it's very entertaining in a weird way. It, it makes them feel like a distinct presence and a mm-hmm. kind of alien presence in a way that I think is cool for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, they, they go to this, they get to, like, the sort of area underneath the tree, uh, and while they're doing this, Kit sends out all these little survey robots to get data for Banks. Reggie Steel fucking hates these yeah. things. Because they're cuter than it is. Mm-hmm. It's jealous. <laughs> I will not... Reggie Steel does not want another robot in this movie. There's also this, like... It's not quite a motif, and it's definitely not quite a theme, but definitely doesn't does feel like a deliberate choice. There's a lot of fossil Pokemon here, and mm-hmm. later on, the Tree of Beginnings, like, defense mechanism takes the shape of fossil Pokemon. Right. And I was like... Is, is this going to be a thing? Like, it, it dates back to long before humankind, to, the, like, the oldest forms of life, and, like, preserves them within itself. But they don't really do anything with that, right. so it's just kind of, like, an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, it... They... We get some more... Ex- so, it's around this point that we learn... Uh, this tree, this rock formation is basically this huge living crystal super structure, and it has, like, 
stuff in it that like does weird uh alien biology stuff like mm-hmm. like the the weird tube from before that's like a blood vessel uh the these weird blobs that start showing up they're they're like these big blobs shaped like fossil pokemon they wrap around people destroy them uh and, and they're described by banks as being like the equivalent of white blood cells yeah uh, and it is established that they leave Pokemon alone. They will only actually, like, absorb and kidnap humans, mm-hmm. uh, which it does to Team Rocket. Right. There's this thing that the movie starts to do with the Reggies and with these things where, like, it feels like it's trying to foster sort of a kid-friendly horror vibe, and I think that could work. But I don't think it really commits to it enough mm-hmm. to sell it, and it's kind of incongruous with everything leading up to that point. Right. Uh. So. Uh. They're like going through. They're like going through this like big tree, and like, uh, everyone's like getting captured by these, these like fossil Pokemon blood cells. Uh, there's like this whole thing where like. When, when like, everyone gets caught, their, like, final action is, like, grab the Pokeballs, let their Pokemon out. Uh, but then the Pokemon don't do anything. They just kind of, like, stand there and look sad. Yeah. Yeah, like, not a whole lot going on with that. Like, one of them, Lucario like, tries to like fight. The only, Lucario is, like, the only character of any kind in this movie that does anything. Right. Right. Which is... If I were a kid, I like to think, at least, that I would be smart enough to be disappointed by that, you know? Like, I, I'm not coming to a Pokemon movie to not see Pokemon get in battles. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a lot of them do have, like, some powers. They just don't do anything. Uh, I The more I think about it, the more I think about how much this uh, this is just dedicated to showing us Pokemon, not necessarily having them do stuff, just showing them to us. Yeah, like, hey, here's a Pokemon. You seen this one before? No, you haven't. It's new. Mm-hmm. Diamond Pearl's coming out uh, this December. Yeah. Get your parents to buy it for you for Christmas. Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's see. So yeah, Ash and Pikachu like start running across these crystal structures to get to each other. Uh, they're like, Ash is like having a hard time. Uh, like the Reggies are like shooting stuff at him. It's very windy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh. They, they eventually do manage to catch up with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash, like, does a leap and catches Pikachu in midair, and then Kid saves both of them by doing, like, a grappling hook thing. Yeah. Uh, they do some more running along with Meowth, and then get cornered by the Reggies, and Kid and Ash get absorbed. Yeah. And all the Pokemon are sad now. They're, they're crying because the, the, their human companions are gone. And then Mew is like, oh, I guess I fucked up. Hang on, I'll make some green slime. Yeah. Uh, and, and green slime happens, and the humans are freed. And the Reggie's just like, 
turn around and walk out of the room. Mm-hmm. They just leave. It, it, it's fine now. I... Uh... And as it turns out, this isn't a good thing because the tree goes into shock. I don't. I'm not sure yeah, why it like does he, this, he, but they, there's some techno babble about like too much of an immune response. Yeah. So I guess like they gave the the, the rock tree an autoimmune disorder or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, there's only one way to fix that, which is obviously to go to the heart. Of the Tree of Beginning, uh, where Sir Aaron is encased in crystal, and we're getting another flashback. Yeah. You know you know, there's one of them flowers here, baby. Yeah. It's a time flower, and, like, Lucario watches Sir Aaron give out the last of his aura to save this tree. Uh, I guess that's what he was doing. That's why he ran away from Lucario, because if mm-hmm. he didn't do that... Lucario would have also come here and also sacrificed himself. Seems like if they had both been there, they could have just each given up half their aura and then, like, left. But I guess, you know, I'm not an expert. Yeah, I'm not sure how exactly what the deal is, but... I, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the deal is. Uh, when Lucario tries to heal Mew with his aura, it's not quite enough, but then Ash just grabs Aaron's old gloves and he's like I can probably do some aura shit with this I've I've known of the concept for half of a day uh and that makes it possible to save Mew but Lucario does end up dying yeah Lucario dies uh uh do you get one last flashback yeah uh uh which which honestly I want to like this part, and I think if I had enjoyed the movie more up to this point, I think I would really like it. Because it is basically Lucario watching uh, Sir Aaron's dying moments play out in front of him. And he's, like, talking about how he'll miss Lucario and wishes him the best. And Lucario has no way of, like, talking to him because it's just a flashback. Mm -hmm. And I think in the right hands... That could be compelling, but this script just has not earned it. Yeah. So, uh, with this final thing, Ash declares that uh, Lucario isn't gone, his aura is with him, and we get a sort of credits epilogue sequence where Ash and his friends leave. Uh, we get some more mid-2000s four kids beats, uh, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that butt rock sequence from the title was like whatever opening song they had for the Pokemon anime at that point. That's like a thing they do in these movies. Uh, but anyways, uh, we get some poor kids beats uh, and about how we're going to meet again someday. And... Lucario's with Sir Aaron in the painting, and we see Lucario and Sir Aaron in some sort of weird afterlife realm, and Sir Aaron eats a chocolate. Uh, he shouldn't eat that either. He's from the Middle Ages. He'll be like, whoa, th- th- this shit fucks. We gotta invent colonialism. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, with our final shot, uh, well, yeah. 
Uh, that's basically it for the movie. Uh, what sort of rating do you give this? Like, for, first for, like, adaptation and then for, like, overall quality. As an adaptation, I think I would give this... One Diglett out of one Doug Trio. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a standalone film... I give it one unknown out of the alphabet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that seems about right. Like, I... I've watched this movie in the past and, like, I liked it then. I liked it when I watched this. The more I talk about it with you, the more I realize that this isn't a very good movie, actually. Uh... I will give it, I will give it one out of five, I will give it one out of five Pokeballs for adaptation, because I don't think this sort of stuff, I don't think it really captures the tone of the game, but it, it does show us a lot of Pokemon. And That's true. And, uh, I'll, for overall quality, I'll give it, uh, Two bags of popcorn out of five. Just because, like... It's more of a retroactive dislike at this point. Uh... So. With that all said and done... Let's, uh... Read some questions. We, we got quite a few, actually. Uh... If you want to send in a question... You can either send it in on our Twitter uh, at uh, you can send it to our Twitter at VGTMTP in response to an ask post or anytime at your leisure in the uh, uh, the mailbag channel on our Discord you can find that you can find both of those in the links to the into like in the show notes of this episode uh that's about it. Uh, so, as far as Twitter questions go, let's see. We've got, let's see, four, five of them. Uh, our first question, and this one's, this one's a good one, from, from content creator at Banui, friend of the show, Roy. Since this is Lucario's big moment, I'm going to humbly request you rank the five most furry bait Pokemon. Number one, Gardevoir. Mm. Number two, Lopunny. Mm -hmm. We're not counting Megas separately, so Mega Lopunny is part of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the things we got to consider, because Mega, Mega Lopunny drove men to live. Uh, let's see. Obviously, we've got Salazzle. Uh, I think... Uh-huh, extremely. Mm -hmm. the, the, o the only Pokemon that is just kind of explicitly kink-based. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I could put Lucario at number five. 
I I guess. I think that's only four, isn't it? Well, no, I wait. No, I I, I was ranking from one to five. So wait, what? Mm. okay. That wait. being said, yeah, this was something I was thinking about. I've thought about in the past. Basically, every Pokemon generation, except for like, arguably Gen two, has one Pokemon that could very be that could be described as furbate in some way. That sort of mm -hmm. human shaped, big thighs, etc. Big sexy. Uh. Like, oh yeah, no. So what was that in Sword and Shield? There had to be a Furbate one in Sword and Shield. Oh, that's uh, Cinderace. Uh, and also, you know what? That's true. Yeah, you got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, like Gen two, I don't think has any that quite fit. Uh, I would say the closest would be like, well, obviously people are horny for Miltank. That that goes without saying, and. And we all know that some people do love Lugia's potbelly. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. I'm putting number one. I'm putting Salazzle at number one. One of my friends just straight up described Salazzle as the sex lizard. Uh, so, uh, next question. Uh, Okay. Milk Succubus, Ghost Please Stan account, at Milk Succubus1, that's a uh, friend of the show Alley. If you had to turn one object you can see from your room into a Pokemon that isn't already one, what would it be, and what's its name? I mean, the f for me, the problem is I know exactly what it is. And the problem is, I've got a discarded soda can here, and that's just a bug snap. I got, like, a neon lamp of a flamingo, so maybe, like, a flamingo, but it's made of tubes. Mm. That could be a poke. Hey, I, you know, I guess this is really close to an unknown, but, like, it's not an Azar Pokemon yet. That feels weird to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I feel like they would have hit on... Blue eyeball, mm -hmm. but you know, you know. The more I think about it, the more unknown and like that one Nazca line one do just kind of already have those vibes on lock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bugborn at Max and Bajillion, friend of the show Max asks, Aaron is basically a Lucario Gajinka. If you had to become a Pokemon Gajinka, who are you choosing? Now, I, I have to object to this. Aaron has the powers of a Lucario, but in terms of aesthetic, he's clearly a Murkrow Gajinka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got the hat. Doesn't have a pair of shorts or a fun headband. Or a spike in his chest. No, definitely not. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to be a Gajinka. I just want to be an Anthro. Uh, but if I have to go with a Gajinka... Hmm. Uh, trying to think here. Um, I, I'm just for whatever reason I'm just thinking, Oddish. Oddish is good to see. I would like to be that, but a human. I mean, 
I like Crobat a lot. Mm. I like bats in general, but Crobat is probably my favorite bat Pokemon. Crobat's pretty good. I remember when I played Fire Red in high school, one of my mains after like the post-game stuff was a Crobat. Cool shit. Uh, Scragrius, Akruv and Ghastly asks, So is the tree a Pokemon or not? It's basically a big Trevenant. You know, I, I, they do like establish the tree as a symbiotic relationship with Mew. So I think, I'm imagining Mew is just the brain of the tree. I think it's not a Pokemon because you can't put it in a ball. That's, that's a sound reasoning. Alright, uh... For Discord questions, uh, we've got four of them. Wait, no, actually, quite a few. Okay, uh, let's let's. Uh, I'll just pick and choose. Uh, Jasmine at Sidmon asks, if you're writing a backstory for a fantasy world, i.e., you're DMing something, how far back seems appropriate for a political event like a war? Uh, I've... I mean... Yeah? No, you first. I've thought about this... Well, I am in a mouse guard campaign. I've played several over the years. And I think the best time to have your, like, political... Your big fantasy war is, like, within living memory. Like, the coolest way you could do it is, like, have it, like, it just ended right at, like, a few... Maybe, like, a week after the campaign begins and, like... The whole thing's built around, like, picking up the pieces. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I, th I think a lot of it really does have to deal with the kind of vibe you want. I think anything more than 100 years ago, that's effectively ancient history. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unless you're dealing with the setting in which, you know, life is much longer or whatever. Um, I think... I, I guess now that I'm, like, talking it out, I'm sort of thinking of it a lot in the terms of, like, American history, like, a hundred years ago would have been, like, tail end of World War One, mm -hmm. and obviously that has historical importance, but from a modern perspective, it feels... Sorry, there's a lot of cars tonight. It, it feels... Meaningless isn't the right word, but we only feel the ripples. The war itself is just an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you move up to World War II, I think that's sort of an outlier because of just the nature of the war and what it was a fight over, but that was about 80 years ago now, and I feel like if it weren't such a specific set of circumstances, I feel like that, that would be in kind of a similar space as World War One. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. More an idea. Um, then you get into, like, something like Vietnam... Like, the scars are still very real. There are people who died carrying out that war. People who died defending themselves from American imperialism. People alive today that protested the draft. Or that advocated for the draft. And I feel like... Its ripples feel a lot more concrete than the ripples of World War One. I. I feel like there's a lot of stuff you can trace directly back to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. That's still very present... Not unaltered, 
in the modern discourse, but still very much there. And, you know, that's like a 50, 60 years ago thing. And then you look at like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you're talking like the Gulf War. And that, I think, it's not like, it didn't just end. And obviously it's complicated by the fact that we keep fucking around in uh, West Asia and Central Asia. We have not stopped, but I, I think um, the Gulf War definitely feels like it was a war that did not end yesterday, but it ended relatively recently, mm-hmm. and that was like 20, 30 years ago. So I guess that's the sort of approach I would use. I would think about it in terms of speaking as someone in real life 2021 if I think about such and such war, how does that feel? And is that the vibe I want to suggest with this setting? That's, that's really well thought out. Wow. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, hmm. What should I pick next? Uh, how about, uh, Uh, what would be the worst Pokemon to have witnessed the horrors of ancient wars? Hmm. Hatterene. Yeah. It'd go ape shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I. I don't know why, but I don't know why. But I'm just thinking, Phantom for some reason, like one of the ones from that line that's just like, souls of people. That that would be pretty fucked up. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh. Uh, hmm. I'm just trying to decide which ones are the most interesting to ask. Uh, got any Pokemon that aren't your? F- oh, I'm sorry. I should be crediting this. That last one was from uh, Kitty Cat Herder, and this one is from Casey Cosmos, who asks, Got any Pokemon that aren't your faves, but you just think they're neat? Hmm. I think Lurantis is pretty good. Oh, I, I love Lurantis. Uh, I I would say one I just think is neat. Like, I wouldn't put them in my party, but I would catch it and be glad I caught it. I'm thinking... Ooh, not that one. Um, shit. Oh, uh, probably Delibird. It's it's the Santa Pokemon. That's fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I guess. Oh, I could read another one from Casey. Uh. What overly complicated puzzle do people need to solve to find your hiding place and capture you? I mean, I know this one. It's Tower of Hanoi. Mine is an elaborate puzzle based on, like, wordplay that's really obtuse, and you gotta, like, wait for all the hints to unlock to really get what it's even going for. But each hint takes, like... An hour, oh. so by the time they're all unlocked, you've already lost interest. Oof, that's a rough one. 
Oh god, what if it... I'm just think. Now I'm thinking of, like, Destiny Raids. Just the weird puzzles they they put in those. One of those. Maybe all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh... Okay. Uh... I think that's enough for questions. Uh... Did you have any ideas for what to talk about next month? I mean, I have been wanting to get around to Mortal Kombat. Oh, fuck like yes. Like the original one, not the new yes, one. Yes, we gotta do that one. Okay, next month, Mortal Kombat. Uh, so. With that, uh, we have been Video Game, the movie, the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at VGTMTP. Uh, you can find us on our Discord from the Twitter or from the show notes. Uh, and you can find us on Noisespace at noisespace.xyz. Uh, noisespace.xyz is a uh, podcast incubator. It has Z in it, because the person who runs it is Canadian. There's a whole lot of shows. There's the ones I do, which I'll get into later. Uh, there's uh, Kamurocho Radio. That's a personal favorite of mine. Uh, there's a new one that... There's some new ones that have started recently. There's Twink's Awakening, which is about uh, The Legend of Zelda. Uh, one episode's out, sort of a roundtable discussion of the sort of first half of Skyward Sword. Uh, and because it's done by Steph, uh, who also did two other Noise Space shows, City Girls Make Do and County Girls Make Do, it naturally has a bizarre and entertaining title. This one's called The Milf of Skyloft. Uh, you can listen to... Uh, just thinking, I'm thinking... Uh, how about, uh, uh, you can listen to Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, a leftist politics podcast. Uh, it's not a threat, it's just a fact. It is not a threat, it is just a fact. Henry Kissinger is Pokemon Going to Die someday. Each and every one of us are Pokemon Going to Die someday. It, it's just a, it's just a fact of life. That's how it is. Uh, you can, uh, the, the, another new one that started recently is Diet Coke and Lilith's House of Snacks. Uh, I haven't listened to it, but it is an episode about snacks. It's been a sort of a rough start for them, given that the last few months have had two major uh, major snack companies going on strike. Or their work is going on strike. But they've been making do. They, they're doing a good job. Uh... Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find those places at linktr.ee slash big underscore challenges. From there, you can find my Twitter, at Bigger Challenge. You can find my other podcasts, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, we are on Season 2 of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. We're a little over halfway through the second season. It we had some really wild episodes recently. GX is fucking it's just wild. I I cannot begin to describe it. Uh a recent episode had 
a kung fu battle for card games that just it's like backstories for two like main characters just coming completely out of left field to it, it, it's it it goes beyond description uh you can listen to the sonic shuffle a uh a random and holistic sonic lore podcast uh, an episode recently went up where we talked about sonic x we talked about the baseball episode and i and it was really fun uh you can listen to stranger's fiction an actual play podcast focused on one shots uh they're, they're currently on hiatus but there there are we are discussing scheduling a one-shot playtest of an upcoming RPG called Mythologic. Uh, and last but not least, you can visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. And hopefully, I will have this edited and uploaded in time for the last two holidays of August. On August 31st, we have two big birthdays. We have the birthday of Jaden Yuki from GX. And of course, we have the birthday of Hatsune Miku. Uh, God bless. Uh, Maxi, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. And I'm also on the podcast Eidolon Playtest, where me and a bunch of others are playing through and testing out a tabletop role-playing game designed to evoke JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the Persona series. Uh, There are a lot of supernatural fights, a lot of extremely good jokes, Uh, Dracula is the president, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we actually get serious and emotional with it, as one does. It's a good podcast. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, And that's all about, uh, that's about all I have to plug. All right. Uh, so, as always, this ain't no game. Good night. The entire Pokemon phenomenon is the enemy. Pokemon world is a world of the demonic, of the satanic. Soon to a theater near you. Pokemon the movie joins Pokemon the video game and Pokemon the trading card as must sees and must haves. To start us off tonight, NBC News correspondent Herman King. But I believe these words came from the Pokemon movie. Life can be a challenge. It's never easy when there's so much on the line. But you and I can make a difference. Just look inside and you will find the Pokemon. Pokemon.